Welcome to SETI Lads, where we explore all things crypto, finance, and more. I'm your host, Jesse Eckel, and today on the podcast, we have Noah Bragg, and he talks about crypto gaming or GameFi and why he believes that eventually NFTs and crypto will take over gaming, and he has some compelling arguments for why he believes that that make a lot of sense. We also talk about where gaming and crypto is going, exactly what an NFT is and why it makes gaming better, digital tribalism and how it so far impacted the NFT space and how it could impact the GameFi space. Why GameFi is the next most likely trend to onboard the next massive wave of users into crypto. And overall, why GameFi is inevitable. And all we're waiting for is the spark to get it started. We're going to jump right into the episode right after we hear from some of these amazing sponsors that make this episode possible. Perpetual Protocol is the largest on-chain perpetual trading exchange on Optimism with up to 10x leverage. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, Perp offers a simple and intuitive UX with 18 different crypto markets, including Bitcoin, ETH, and Doge to trade with your non-custodial wallet making Perp a great place for all to explore the world of DeFi. Perp also offers vault products for all levels of users, allowing you to earn high returns with extremely low risk. Perp simplifies on-chain arbitrage strategy into a vault and automates profit back to all depositors. It's Delta neutral, transparent, and fully on-chain. Alpha is no longer exclusive to just those who can build bots, but is now accessible to everyone. Turn up the heat on your crypto game with Perpetual Protocol. Go to perp.com today to start trading and earning crypto. We have Noah Bragg, founder, NFT creator, builder in Web3 on the podcast today talking about why crypto will eventually take over gaming. How's it going, Noah? Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I also just realized, like, because we were ch- chatting before, it's so funny how, like, I like podcast voice <laughs> turns on as soon as you start recording. It just made me laugh. You, you have a podcast voice. That's good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, nobody's ever told me that. So it's good to, good to hear. Well, um, I guess to get started, can you give us a little info on your background and how you first got interested in the crypto gaming space? Yeah. So I've been in, you know, I bought my first like Bitcoin like three years ago. So I haven't been in that long and I didn't really know what I was doing back then, but it was really two years ago that I really got into crypto. And what really got me was kind of NFTs. Like that was just like very interesting to me. You know, it was kind of a new wave with the NFTs. And that was the point when I really dug further to like understand like how does this blockchain stuff work? I read multiple books, I followed different projects, and I'm actually like a software developer as well. Um, and so that's when I started like learning Solidity, diving into code, and and the more that I went down that rabbit hole, the more I was just kind of pulled in to where I was like, okay, this is like there's definitely something here. This is really interesting technology. I can see this becoming like a really big thing. And so that's kind of what pulled me into that in the first place. Um, and then with NFTs itself, like you probably remember when NFTs kind of first were like all the rage, there was just a lot of projects that were kind of like more or less like nothing other than just like a picture on an NFT. And there, there just wasn't much there. And so what I what I found interest in was these newer NFT projects that actually had like games um, built in with them. And that's what kind of drew my attention because it's like, okay, like the game is actually creating value and then the NFT is value on top of that. And it just made a lot more sense rather than just like these images by themselves. Um, I mean, even 
before like nfts i was never like into art like i wasn't one of those people that like went and bought art and like had it sit sitting on the wall or anything like that uh funnily enough like nfts kind of got me into that a little bit like to, in my room here like i've got a couple pictures of nfts that i now have hanging up on my wall <laughs> which you know that would have been never never something i would have done but um yeah it kind of goes to say that like I was looking for something else more than just art and the gaming is I feel like the next kind of um, it's kind of like the easiest way to kind of use NFTs in a way that's still in like the digital world and the digital realm where there can be some value there. And so that's kind of um, how I kind of got into it. So your kind of your main thesis for crypto gaming or at least the start of your main thesis is that. Uh, gaming brings natural utility to digital assets. And because it brings utility, like you can interact with the asset, you utilize the asset in certain ways, uh, maybe even get rewarded from the asset. Because um, gaming bring, brings that utility to digital assets that inevitably gaming um, is going to uh, kind of kind of be a major use case in the digital asset space. Yeah, totally. Like I think what we've seen with NFTs for the most part, like the main value prop that they've given thus far is that it's kind of just like a status, a status signal, kind of kind of like if you had like a nice Lamborghini in the real world, it's ma mainly a status and that's why people want it. Well, you know, it's kind of like, what's, why are people really going to create, care about this art, um, other than there being some utility driven into it? And I think gaming is kind of the best way where it's like people that really like a game and spend all their time there, they're, they're like dedicating their time and their lives to this. Now, the NFTs that are part of that game actually do mean something to them and to that community. And there's actually a big status to those NFTs. And so I think that's what will actually give more value to NFTs kind of in the gaming sphere. Um, and it's it's kind of the easiest connect between um, digital collectibles like NFTs and um, like something that gives them value. And I think gaming is kind of next step. Like I could see in the future NFTs being a big part of our physical world as well, like just for uh, tracking data, things that people own, stuff like that. But I think it just it's a harder gap um, to. And it's just going to be harder to close that gap. Um, and so I think that will take longer. But I, I just see, I feel like gaming is the next step that can kind of, we can more easily do since it's all digital anyways. I guess for people who aren't familiar with NFTs, you know, are, is it going to be like, you know, you go play a game and like, you know, maybe people are familiar with Board 8 Yacht Club or, or you know, uh, CryptoPunks. Are you saying like they're going to use this as like art in the game it's going to be like their profile picture in the game like what do you what do you actually mean for somebody who's completely unfamiliar with nfts what do you actually mean when you say hey i think nfts are going to be big in gaming yeah so i've been in the treasure dow ecosystem like the last year and a half and more or less what that what treasure dow is <clears throat> is it is kind of what they talk about is that they're like the nintendo of web 3 they're trying to be like this platform that connects all these different games together via like interoperability, um, using some of the same NFTs, their same token magic. And it's been really interesting to watch the arc of Treasure Dow because they've kind of pivoted and changed even how they see this. And they, they first started out being very more crypto focused where a lot of the games were all built around like yield and just like you like playing with these NFTs, staking them in something, getting some yield back from them. And I think what people learn through that is that it's not really very fun. Um, <laughs> like games, games have to be fun first. Um, so they kind of start out being like crypto first. And so I think 
you know, I've been part of that community a lot and seeing that, like, I, I kind of agreed. Like, I started to see, like, okay, games have to just be fun first. It's got to be all about the game first. And then later, like, you being able to own something is a value add on top of that. And so kind of what I see it being is it's just it's just going to be a game, like a normal game that people that love games are into. But now the the things that they maybe collect or receive from the game, from doing well in the game, um, growing their status in the game by playing it and stuff, are actually going to be NFTs that they can then feel like they actually own. They have some ownership of them. It gives them some status. They can sell it on a marketplace if they want. I think that's going to be... So I guess a good example is I think it's it's going to look maybe a lot like Fortnite, where you know Fortnite has a lot of like in-game collectibles, um, clothes, things like that that you can buy and wear, but none of the like, currently none of that stuff is is NFTs. It's you don't really own it. So I think it will it will look like that. But all the things that you get in game are going to be something you own. They are going to be NFTs, and so that's that's what will. Yeah. I, I guess I, I guess what I'm trying to say is for somebody from the outside, they might think like an NFT is just a picture. Like they they don't know like what an NFT actually means or does. And so maybe in their mind, they're thinking, okay, well, you're playing Fortnite and you get a picture that you can now use as your profile picture. And so, I, but you're saying something very different. So I, I guess what I'm wanting is, can you go into more detail about like how an NFT isn't just a picture or like what an NFT actually is? Yeah. So basically, um, kind of getting more down to the technical level is an NFT more or less is just a token. It's just one token that someone can hold in their wallet. And that's what kind of shows that you own that token. And there's only one token that's the exact token. There, there can't be another. And that's what makes it uh, non-fungible is what NFT stands for. Um, it's the only, only you can own that token. And so what that allows is different games and dApps to be able to look at your wallet and see, oh, you are the owner of this thing. I'm gonna maybe give you access to something you couldn't have before because I see you own that, or um, maybe unlock something, maybe unlock some extra upgrades or something within a game. There's, there's lots of possibilities that you can do with that, knowing that you are the owner of this token, and that token maybe happens to point to an image, um, but maybe like in-game, maybe that token unlocks something that it gives you like a different 3D um, Clothing, clothings or something like it can look different in different um, settings, basically just knowing, oh, you're the owner of that that token. So at, at a, like a fundamental level, an NFT is the concept of digital ownership, owning a digital item or asset. Uh, and so maybe at Fortnite, that could be the skin. So if you play Fortnite, you know, skins are like <clears throat> your look in the game. Maybe it could be a weapon. Uh, maybe it could be, you know, if you're playing Minecraft, it's like a certain tool or a certain, you know, uh, space in, in the Minecraft world. If you're playing another game, um, maybe it's like a house. Uh, and you this, this house in the digital space is verifiably owned by you. And so it's the ability for a player to own a digital asset and then the ability for a player to also sell a digital asset, uh, correct? Yeah, yep, definitely. That's, you, you nailed the definition better than me, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I just wanted to explain that because I know a lot of people get confused about NFTs. They, like, they, they see it as this like niche, like, hey, this is only profile pictures and I, I don't get it and I don't understand it. But I think when you, uh, especially like in the gaming space, they think of it more as like a pay to play sort of thing. And I think when they realize like, 
this doesn't take from players. This empowers players. Like uh, as a player of Fortnite, um, how many accounts that like they were like the first accounts and they have all those original skins? They'll like try to go sell these accounts online. And it's against the terms of service of Epic, and, and they'll actually get banned for doing this. Um, but the reason they try to sell it is because it's so valuable, and there's no other way to sell it because they don't actually own those assets. Epic owns the asset. And the difference is really like you would own the asset, and, and they would carry more value because they can be freely trade on the, uh, traded on yeah. the open market. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think Fortnite is a good way to look at it because there's been a ton of uh, value and revenue created from Fortnite. Um, so like Fortnite, they, they made 3.7 billion in revenue in 2019. So that was a couple years ago. I'm sure they've made, they've gotten to their annual revenue being way more than that. Um, in 2019, they had 250 million players. Um, and so that means on average, each player is generating for Fortnite $14 a person. Um, and I'm sure like a lot of that money is being spent on the higher, you know, the higher percentage of those players that play it all the time. They spend a lot of money in it. Um, so that's a lot of money that's being generated by a company that's all going to that centralized, that central company. Um, and I think what, what NFTs within games allows to do is it kind of allows the community to be a little bit more part of the game where they, you know, maybe they're playing, they, they win some NFTs, maybe they buy some NFTs, but they then actually get to own those NFTs. And in, in a way, they kind of get a tiny bit of ownership of the game itself. And so it kind of shares the, the value created from the game to the whole community. And <clears throat> I mean, I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of gamers are like very like against NFTs and games and stuff. And I think mainly that's just because they haven't kind of seen, they haven't really understood it. They haven't really seen it benefit them. They kind of just see it as this, oh, like crypto boys kind of trying to come here to make like number go up kind of thing. Um, but I think once they see the value of it and yeah. they kind of understand that, um, you know, and they, they enjoy the game, like they'll, they'll like to own different parts of the game and be more a part of it, I think. And so I think Fortnite's kind of a good example of that where like there's a ton of value and revenue created from the, these kind of games. If the community can have more ownership in that and feel like they're more a part of it, I think they'll, you know, they'll like that even more. Let's talk about like where the value adds are like over like a, a classic traditional game, right? Like um, right now gaming as it is, why would a developer, why would Epic or one of these games want to give up <clears throat> essentially like one of the revenue streams like they make they make a lot of money from these skins so where why is this going to be disrupted why um is a, is a studio going to choose to say hey i'm not going to make all that money i'm actually going to you know give back to my players where's the value add for them in that mm -hmm. well so that is a good question that's definitely a challenging thing that that uh you know a con conflicting thing that could take time but i think we've even seen like Ubisoft, Ubisoft is experimenting with NFTs. You know, they're a big gaming platform. Epic Games, they're like a huge AAA studios. They they created uh, Blockos, Block Party. Um, so like they're kind of experimenting with uh, Web3 and gaming as well. So there's already AAA gaming coming to this. And I guess to answer your question, I think within like free markets, I think what usually ends up winning is is the customers like if customers want something and they they see value in something they're going to go spend their money where that thing is happening and so and in some ways 
it doesn't matter too much what what these big AAA game studios want. Like they they can kind of push back as much as they want. Um, but if if all their customers are like, hey, like I see you know these other startups and gaming studios coming up that are doing this, it looks pretty cool. I enjoy that game. They're starting to spend their dollars over there. These big triple game a uh, studios are going to see that and they're like oh, okay okay we need we need to like build something in the space because like that's that seems like that's what's next like everyone else is kind of starting to do this um there's there's value for the customers um and so yeah i, th I think that it kind of doesn't matter maybe that will make it take more time because i'm sure there there is conflicting interest there um but i think in some ways i think it's inevitable if it's better for the customer the gamer so I guess just thinking this, thinking this through. So imagine like a company does this, right? Uh, let's, let's say, you know, they launch their NFT skins, NFT weapons, different things that you can actually get in the game. So now you're grinding in this game and you're earning assets that you can, that you can literally go sell in the real world. So now you have more incentive as a player to say, Hey, I really want to uh, invest my time in this game, but also, um, as things are, you know, kind of popping off, you know, the marketplace is selling these one of one or one of 10 or, you know, one of a thousand exclusive, uh, you know, skins or whatever. Um, and so now you're starting to collect those things more. So do you see, you know, you know, is it possible that this actually does lead to more sales, uh, or at least in even in a higher markup too, on some of these assets, like, you know, being able to sell skins for more and different things like that for the gaming company, because, you know, now, um, in a, in a sense, customers and gamers will speculate on the future value because there is a future value. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Like there's there's a way that games could maybe make even more money from kind of those top sales that they're getting where people see a ton of status in whatever those collectibles are. And so, yeah, I think that's that's definitely possible as well. And I think even more so, um, you know, like the AAA games, like it's definitely going like, like I think that they will eventually get into the space as well. But I think even more so what this technology could do is make a space that's that allows for like indie games to really thrive as well because it's kind of like if you guys have heard about the idea of like the thousand true fans and and crypto can kind of yep. help a lot with that where it's like you only need you know 100 to a thousand people that really like your creations who really like your art to spend money on your nfts or whatever you're creating that, because they get to own part of it and so it's a really good way for your community to kind of be a part of what you're doing. And so I think I think that could be a really good model for indie gaming as well, where it's like indie developers that maybe don't have to have a huge audience or a huge community can still like live on making these games and making cool, unique, interesting games. Um, so I think I think it's a good model there as well potentially. Yeah, and just thinking about it, like. Uh, man, we don't really even know what will happen because in a, you're talking about status symbols. Like, yeah, you know, on on one level, having a, a profile picture, a big status symbol. But I feel like in a in a game, um, the status symbols are much stronger. Like when when you are playing a game and you grind and you get this like you know special weapon or this special skin, like you can you can really show that off in a way that a profile picture could never do. Like you're in game playing as that character or in game using that gun, and and your friends you know are are definitely noticing it a lot more. But I was just thinking about. Uh, you know, profile pictures, those were not the, I mean, what was the market cap for profile pictures before this, the, the economy for it was like zero. Right. And, um, after, uh, the introdu the introduction of the ability to have digital ownership, uh, this same art that was like, essentially like, you know, there was no, uh, economic activity almost at all suddenly became billions, billions, tens of billions of dollars worth of economic activity happening. And so imagine for games, the same thing, especially if like a game setup is like, um, 
you know, we're going to build Skyrim uh, or like Elder Scrolls Online or whatever. It's going to be a lot longer term game. Uh, we're going to have these NFT assets. We're about building an economy in this game. And, um, you know, as a, as a builder, as the economy owner, we get to take, uh, we're kind of like OpenSea. We get to take these uh, fees from trade trading fees. And so, um, I, I think there, there probably is a really, a really solid use case. Um, what do you, what do you think about cross game items? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, so I have thought about a lot about that because um, kind of, you know, the community I've been in, Treasure Dow, that's kind of like, kind of was their whole thing of like, can you make NFTs ownable collectibles within games that then also are valuable in other games? And that's kind of the ecosystem they're trying to create, like this platform of all these uh, collectibles, NFTs that can kind of be interoperable, move in between games and be valuable in between games. And the only reason that's possible kind of with NFTs is because it's all on the blockchain, right? So uh, automatically all the data to see like, what's that NFT, what what do you own is is available to everybody. It's, it's not a closed off door like most games where it's like, you know, um, uh, most games like Fortnite probably have like their own API and all the stuff where like all their data is kind of closed off. It's not open to just any other developer to go see what's there, see what you have in that game um, where NFTs and on the blockchain, it just makes that automatic. And so Treasure was kind trying to explore that idea of like, can we make games that are more or less like working together where it's like we have these individual games, they're fun in their own way, but you can maybe take the things you own in that game, the NFTs you own, and then go use them in other games. Um, and so that's kind of how they got to kind of their idea of, you know, it's a, a Nintendo, a decentralized Nintendo, um, where it's like these games that are working together, um, but it's but it's all like you, you have ownership in it as the player. And they, you know, they've had some success with it. Uh, they've had different games where like people tried to like collab and stuff like that. Um, like even the, the project that I built was a, a, a simple kind of on-chain game. So it was a game where everything was on-chain and we were kind of a part of the Treasure Dow ecosystem. Um, and we, we worked with a couple of different of their projects where some of their NFTs from their game would be valuable in our uh, game as well. And so that was kind of the, the thing that people are starting to do. I think on, on the builder side, it was working like, like, um, like uh, the developers were, were like working together, trying to make this work. I don't know if they got into the point where it's like very like, like where the gamers themselves saw the value in it yet or, or really got a lot of value from that yet. So I think it's still kind of early in that idea of like, will that actually play out to where gamers see the value in it and, and games really work well together. Um, but that, that's kind of the idea that I, 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 I really like the idea of it at least. Like I, I, I think as a gamer, that would be really cool to be able to like win items or buy items um, that are NFTs in some game and then go find another game that I really like and they have some value there as well. Uh, I think that uh, like this idea is cool. Especially like skins, right? Like you get this really cool skin in one game and you're like, I could play as that character in another game. Um, that's already proven to be popular with Fortnite because, you know, Fortnite's like, oh, I can play as, um, you know, Mando or I could play as Darth Vader or I could, I could play as um, this character from a TV show or different things like that. Um, but you did, you did get me thinking about um, games uh, as far as like... Um, NFTs in games. Oh man, I'm blank. Oh, oh, uh, the 
user-generated content. So you got me thinking about user-generated content because all of a sudden, like, all, think of all these modding communities that will build up games around Skyrim or, or they'll build up games, uh, uh, you know, around their favorite game and they'll spend all this time and effort to mod the game and create these really in-depth, crazy cool mods. Now imagine, like, they have an economic incentive to do that. Like, <clears throat> if you build a mod onto this... Um, essentially like ecosystem or this um uh you know economy you get to benefit from you know uh being able to sell nfts in a sense like nft items and different things like that or maybe you're getting a certain percentage of the fees that um go through your mod or whatever and so suddenly this game development studio of like 30 people 50 people that's spending millions of dollars they don't have to they don't have to test um you know take the risk and, and launch and test their own you know gaming expansions they can have users go and generate that do all the effort you know, expend all the resources and then, you know, the top, you know, the best uh, ones rise to the top and the quality gets better and better because you'll, you'll have these uh, essentially freelance studios that like all they do is create mods and expansions for other like really popular um, economies um, because they can make millions and millions doing this. And so, um, man, like the advantages keep piling up where like if you're launching a game like this, um, you really want to have the best economy possible, the best game, central core game possible, because everyone, if you do, everyone's going to come and want to build on it. And you're going to be taking in those fees. You know, I mean, like gaming studios could become essentially uh, like like really, really, really lucrative companies because they're, they're, you know, Apple sells the iPhone, but these gaming studios are going to be selling very valuable digital assets that people use in their digital lives. And so that to me is just, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? No, I, I think for sure. I think that's like the cool part of it is that like the, the blockchain is permissionless. So anyone can come in and build something on top of it and kind of interact with that community, add value and, and make, you know, make some money from that. And I, I know a, a real example from the Treasure DAO ecosystem I've been talking about where a, a solo developer that I know, he, he kind of came in and he realized that, oh, like all these people really like the small brains. So small brains is one of the big NFT yeah. characters kind of in the treasure ecosystem. And he's like, okay, maybe like he basically said, like, I'll make more or less like a gamer tag for all all the people of the treasure ecosystem. And so he made dot small domains, which is basically it's like ENS names. He basically yep. made ENS names for smalls. And so it's called dot smalls. And within a couple of weeks, I think he sold um, uh, over a hundred thousand of these, um, small, like small, uh, names. Wow. And, and the really cool thing was that then the treasury ecosystem started to actually accept these as like the names of the ecosystem. So in like the marketplaces, when you uh, connect your wallet, it actually show your small name or like in different games that you played in the treasury ecosystem, it would actually show your small team kind of small name at kind of Azure gamer tag. And so that was all like something added a value added from a solo developer that kind of saw like, Oh, I can just build on top of this. Uh, this is something that people would like, and I don't have to ask anyone to do this. I can just do it because it's all open and permissionless on, on the blockchain. How big, if you could answer, how big is the gaming space currently? Like, uh, if you were to kind of like proportionately size like the gaming market today versus uh, other industries how big is it about yeah so um i just have a couple numbers that kind of gives us an idea um 
So like the amount of revenue that was spent in 2020, there was like 40 billion in revenue spent in China, 36 billion in the United States. The next biggest is Japan with 18 billion. So there's there you know, there's a lot of money being spent in the gaming market and that's you know that's kind of one of the reasons I think this could be the next wave of crypto um, because it, it gives an opportunity for crypto to kind of enter into a space a niche that we haven't really been before and there's a lot of money being spent um, the other re reason I kind of feel like it could be the next wave is because it kind of is a, an open door to onboard a ton of people that maybe don't care about crypto at all like it's a, it's a use case where I could really see in the future it's it's possible that other than gamers like knowing that they own something they might not really even have to know that this is built on the blockchain or built with crypto rails like to them it's just like oh i own this digital thing i can sell it i might not even know that it's like crypto that's going back and forth that i'm using to sell it um the technology is getting better and better where those things are kind of abstracted away and so i think that could be another part of this that allows and that's why I think it could be the next wave is like just allowing kind of a, a huge group of people, a huge audience to get into crypto that otherwise wouldn't have been involved in it at all. Um, and so that's why I think it's kind of interesting, interesting because there is, you know, there's a lot of players, there's a lot of gamers and there's a lot of revenue being spent there. Um, and so if we, if we can and a lot of time, a lot that's of time uh, people spend. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like Netflix at one point was like our greatest competitor is is not Disney Plus. It's Fortnite because we're fighting for mm. people's time. And so um, I, I, I don't know where I heard that, but um, you know, Makes sense. Pe people that I know, I mean, they'll, they'll play out of their day, like how, how many hours you're awake, I don't, I don't know, but they're just spending like four or five, six hours a day playing in this digital space, like with their friends, right? They're all di you know, interacting digitally. And so, um, and, and that's, that number, like historically has just gone up. Um, and especially as the quality increases and then suddenly now you can make a full-time income in this game. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, what, what people play in Axie Infinity, which is verifiably a ridiculously boring game, but they were spending it full-time because it was, it was their job. They could make money doing it. And so if you're harvesting items and, you know, selling them or, or, or you know, building or, you know, whatever, uh, collecting resources, like all this stuff suddenly becomes valuable. And, and suddenly like your hobby is now your, your full-time job. And that sounds stupid and ridiculous to maybe some people because they're like, oh, that can't possibly happen. But look at YouTube creators, look at bloggers, look at, you know what I mean? Like as the world advances, this is where like people are like, what are we going to do when, you know, robots and AI takes all these like entry level jobs? And the answer is you're going to do a lot cooler stuff. <laughs> like over time, like we've gone from these very, um, you know, everyone's a farmer to like, more, over time, as technology has advanced and taken away these old jobs that you now you don't do, you get to do other stuff that you're more passionate about, you know, and we'll get to a place, I, I believe, one day where like you, you kind of like all the, the normal boring stuff kind of just gets done. You know, like fast food restaurants are staffed by, you know, automated, um, you know, all, all the like stuff that people kind of don't want to do. That's automated. And now people are just building things for like fun that other people enjoy. And so, um, yeah, like I think I think definitely playing a video game full-time could become like people's livelihood and that's crazy I, I did want to talk about tribalism so one thing that kind of blows my mind about the nft space is the in the crypto space in general is the level of tribalism that you see which if you think about it is like nonsensical and absolutely insane you have people that 
just because they bought a uh, uh, an NFT, a profile picture, okay? They like it's like their their family with these other people. Like they do life together. Like, oh, you need a job? I'll get you a job. Um, you oh, you need to pay rent this month? I'll help you out. Let me spend all my time with you. Let me like you know what I mean? Like it, it's crazy. And so, how do you think? Uh, with that in mind, like suddenly when you have skin in the game, when there's ownership, when there's uh, uh, the ability for an asset to go up in value based on uh, working together collaboratively, how do you think that might affect digital video game economies? Like suddenly you're not just playing this game together. You're not just like a squad in Fortnite. You can all not only make money, but like collectively, the more you advance this game, the bigger this game gets. Um, in a sense, the, the, the better it is for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of have good and bad feelings about it like there are pros to that and but there are also cons i think where i mean we, we definitely saw this with the last like nft kind of bull run where yes like people kind of come together and they like work together and all of a sudden they're like a team or something um but like how how real is it because if if it's all based on like greed basically of like people just trying to make money and and pump their bags or like make make their holdings go better like that's not like a long-term lasting thing and so and, and i think that's that piece right there is kind of what like gamers didn't like in a way and so there's so, so there's that side of it that's maybe negative, but well, so so on that on that front, it's a long term lasting thing. But is it a powerful thing? I guess that's really what like I feel like. So there's different levels of tribalism. There's like tribalism in sports, right? Like I, I'm a fan of this team, and so because we're both fans of this team, we're like you know we get along. Or there's also heavy tribalism in politics. Like, hey, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, and because we agree on our political views, we're going to get along. Um, but I almost feel like NFTs and certain coins, certain cri- like crypto tribal you know tribes, like outweigh um, political tribes, which which is crazy to me because political tribes are like so fierce. But like you'll see people in crypto that are they're like, hey, um, <clears throat> I'll vote for whatever politician uh, advances my agenda with NFTs or you know with this or whatever um so so you know maybe maybe it's not long lasting on a on one level but is it is it is it a power like on the power scale of of tribalism where does it weigh does it outweigh uh politics does it outweigh uh you know sports teams what's your view yeah i think i think it definitely can like you can have a really small like a a fairly small maybe you know five thousand group of people that can kind of punch up way higher than you know how many people they are just because they all are like really part of this tribe they're really part of this community and i think different communities kind of do it in a better way than others like there are definitely some communities in the crypto space where they're very much kind of come out of this trying to like basically make more money as a group um and so maybe there's not as much there but there's there's other tribes within crypto that like there really is like long lasting like things that they all kind of agree on together and believe together and the nfts that they or, or tokens that they kind of come around kind of bind them together but there there's there, it's more to it than that i think even maybe like nouns dow if if anyone's seen that kind of ecosystem that nft project um that i feel like is a good example of that where it's like there's a ton of money in nouns dow i think they their treasury is it's a, it's multiple millions, like maybe over 50 million in their treasury, something like that. So they have a lot of money, but they're not all about the money. It's not like everyone there is just greedy trying to like 
pump their bags with the NFTs, they actually have like goals and things they're trying to do um, and work together to do them. And so it's, it's definitely something that can kind of bring them together even more. And it's kind of like a, a superpower in that kind of, uh, with the kind of the tribe that they've created. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully we see more tribes come out like that, that have like real life goals that they're trying to accomplish. And the, the crypto NFTs and the technology kind of allows for them to work together even in a better way than we could before. Yeah, maybe it isn't even greed. Like, I don't know, I, I guess how, we haven't really had digital tribes before this. It's just like somehow this opened the door to be like, hey, I can have, it's almost like a, in, in some ways, like if you, especially if you think of like Bitcoiners or like, you know, you know XR, all the XRP or the Cardano holders or, or whatever, um, it's almost like a digital religion in a weird way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or they're like digital churches in a sense. And so when you look at all these groups, like gathering together, it's just like, we spend so much of our lives online and now suddenly we can build, um, these communal tribes online that we, we couldn't before. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that really, maybe, maybe it isn't so much greed. I, I think it maybe starts out that way. Like, Hey, we all want this to go up together, but certainly like when you see people like, Hey, I'll lend you money or this and that, it, it kind of transcends that and becomes maybe something a little bit deeper. Um, I just think it's really interesting, especially when you think about games, because there's only so much you could do online on discord chatting, but when you can then explore worlds together, um, and then even within the game, you have tribes, uh, man, our digital lives are about to get nuts. Well, so that that reminds me of, you know, bringing this idea of tribes of like digital communities now bringing that into games. I think I think that idea in itself can have a value in a lot of different niches and spheres um, that hopefully crypto can touch in some way. But specifically in the games kind of sphere that we're talking about, uh, a good example, I think, is the small brains, uh, which we mentioned earlier. Small brains are kind of like the main NFT of Arbitrum, more or less, uh, the layer two. And so there's there's lots of holders of small brains. And then kind of from that, the the money raised from buying small brains, um, the team was basically like, all right, we're going to go build a game called Smallville. And what it allowed them to do is kind of have all the small brains holders take part in kind of giving feedback to this game. So the developers could be like, hey, you know, we want to do this. What do you think? And the holders of the small brains NFT actually get to have some say in kind of helping create this game, giving feedback. And because there is, you know, they have kind of skin in the game, there actually is more incentive for them to be a part of it, to try to help make this a good game, be a good game that they enjoy and that they want to play. And so I think that kind of tribe does make something interesting that we haven't really had before where it's like, yeah, I'm sure like games in the past have like had like a community around them that will give them feedback and stuff um, and that they were able to kind of build something better because of that. But this kind of just almost kind of puts more fuel on that and it gives more incentive with that because the the gamers themselves um, kind of have a little piece of the game and so there's more incentive. And so I think that kind of that kind of uh, aspect could really help create some really interesting, cool games that NFTs and this whole thing with, you know, being built on crypto allows um, for the gaming ecosystem. And so I think that's another maybe cool value add that crypto can have um, to this space. So for people that are on the outside, they're looking in, they're seeing Axie Infinity, they're seeing CryptoKitties, they're seeing all the really, really poorly made bad games in the crypto space. And they're saying, so you're saying that's the future. 
I, I would agree <laughs> with them. Like right now, the current state of crypto games is pretty lackluster and a really gimmicky. Um, kind of like we were talking about with. Um, you know, treasure. Uh, some of their early games were just like essentially still images where you're staking, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> is the current state of crypto gaming how you envision the future? And if not, what do you believe the future of like NFTs, crypto, and gaming look like all intersecting together? Yeah. So, I think it's definitely still early where there's not that many games that actually look like interactive interactive like playable games uh, but there's starting to be a couple of them um it's like you know again i know the treasure kind of ecosystem the best there's a couple examples within that ecosystem one i think is the best example called the beacon which is basically like a dungeon crawler game it's a 2d 3d ish kind of scroller um and it, it's basically just a game like it feels just like a game and you play it and it's fun actually. So th I think that's a great example, but then the loot that you kind of get in game from playing um, from the different dungeons is you get NFTs that then you can sell on a marketplace. And the beacon's done pretty well. And so I think that's an example of like right now, there are games that are fun, that are kind of built on crypto rails um, that you can go play right now. Um, and so there's maybe only a handful of them. Um, I think the beacon is a really good example. I think, but going forward, you know, um, I, th I think it will basically just look like the games people play right now. Like it would, it just, it'll be kind of like, again, like maybe gamers won't even have to know that there's like these NFTs associated with it. It's just a, a game that they play. Um, it, it's, it's kind of fun, just like the games that they're already playing. And then there happens to be some, some NFTs and some collectibles also that come along with it that people are using. Um, and it kind of maybe introduces them to the crypto world a little bit. And so it's it's kind of a, um, yeah, what I think it will look like is kind of a, I'm forgetting the word, um, almost like an in-between, in-between between, between uh, just normal gaming and the crypto world. It's not like they're just going to be thrown into the crypto world and have to know all about crypto and staking and tokenomics and how all that works. Like they'll, they'll still be like in their gaming world and they'll just be a little bit of uh, crypto added on top. So, okay, let's, let's talk about the next uh, Elder Scrolls game. We, untitled, we don't know what it's going to be about, but it, like Skyrim, you know, the next, whatever comes after Skyrim, okay? It's, it's a blockchain. Let's say it's a blockchain game, okay? It gets launched um, in your vision of like, hey, they're like, crypto's the future, we're going to launch this blockchain game. What would be different about this version of essentially Skyrim than uh, the current version? How, what, what would be the major differences as a player? So I didn't, I didn't play the... the I've never played it, so I don't know exactly what it is, but basically what I would assume is basically, I'm guessing in that game you would um, you would get different things, dif digital collectibles that were just in the game, right, from playing the game. Is that is that true with, with Skyrim? Have you played? It's like a it's like an open world. Right. Yeah, you're um, you are getting things. So like you might get a, a sword that has certain power, armor. Uh, you can craft things, um, certain bows. Uh, there's like potions and other things that you might be utilizing. Um, yeah, d different things like that. Yeah, so I think I think really pretty simply like it would just be that those items are now like NFTs. They're now something that you can hold and own as a player. And, and make probably the first version of it, like, or, or they'll have like an option where players don't really have to know like, oh, they have a wallet, but there is a wallet behind the scenes for them that the game's kind of holding for them. And if they really want to go and like sell those things, they can. If they want to like go like, 
um, bring those items and sell them on different marketplaces like OpenSea. They can export them to their own wallet and really have like full control of them. Um, so I think it that's kind of what it would look like. It, it really would be kind of simple, I think, that those games would do is just basically making those items be NFT collectibles. So so it's kind of like the idea of digital rarity. Like, you know, like gold is, is um, or digital scarcity. Like gold is valuable because it's scarce. Like you can't just make unlimited gold. Therefore, we find it valuable because if you could make unlimited gold, if it was as common as dirt, um, gold would not be valuable at all. But, uh, you know, in, in a crib, right, you know, in the past, digital code was literally as valuable as dirt. Like you could, you had unlimited digital code. They could make unlimited items. There was no verifiable way to prove scarcity of a thing in the digital space. But what NFTs or what crypto allows is the to verifiably say, hey, this thing is scarce. This is like, there's only, a, a, I can verifiably prove there's only a thousand of these specific items that do exist. And you can verifiably prove that you're the owner of it and it can transfer ownership. And so because you have that ability, you know, now you get this sword in Skyrim and it's like this really powerful sword and you're like, hey, there's only in existence verifiably 10,000 of these. There's not one for every game out there. There's only 10,000 and I am an owner of one of them. And now I can take this sword. And and you, I can, you're so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I am so cool. This thing lights on fire and, you know, just absolutely devastates. And, I, I you know, I want to sell it because this, th- this sword, because there's only 10,000 of them, is actually worth $50,000. Like other players who want this sword, they don't have the time, but they have a lot of money. They will actually go buy this sword for me because they've been looking for it in their game. They can't find it. So they're going to the marketplace and they're like, oh my gosh, I could get the sword. I want that when I play with my friends. Uh, you know, just like people right now, they might want a Lamborghini, even though it does the same thing as any other car. They want it because of the way it makes them feel or look or a Rolex or, uh, you know, uh, NFT. And so they go and buy it for $50,000 and you just m- played a game, a video game and got an item for fit. So you're saying it's just the idea of you own those digital assets verifiably. That is essentially the only difference. The game plays the same. You are still doing the same things. It's just now you have digital ownership over the items you're getting. And maybe there's a certain amount of scarcity to some of the items, but maybe other items, there is an unlimited amount. Uh, maybe you would, when you're chopping wood out in the forest, there's unlimited amount of that or something. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's that's definitely what it could look like. Um, and, you know, games are starting to build uh, games that look like that. Um, what about, can you explain the different types of crypto gaming? Like I hear play to earn, I hear play and earn, and I hear play to own. What, can you explain what each of those are and why they matter and, you know, how, how they work? So play to earn is kind of an idea that... I, really jumped out in this last bull run with crypto gaming and i think it's 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 kind of the idea that i don't know if that one has long-term standing or not maybe it only does if if crypto is like up and to the right potentially Um, but the crux of the idea is that you can play a game and you can make money while playing like like it could be your job like axie infinity was kind of the main example of this like people are making a lot of money playing axie infinity I think I think the problem with it is is there actually like revenue being made to fund those games to fund people making the money or is it just like a giant Ponzi scheme? And I think in some ways maybe Axie Infinity was a giant Ponzi scheme. So you definitely have to be careful for those I think because it's like well the money has to come from somewhere. Um, maybe eventually there is actually enough money spent in these on-game economies where people can earn money from them and it's you know it's real money coming from real revenue. Um, so that's that's the play to earn kind of idea and I think 
you know, that was kind of a lot of the first crypto gaming wave was those kind of games. And I feel like a lot of them kind of fell flat um, because of they weren't coming from real revenues and stuff. Um, so definitely have to see what happens with that. Obviously, it's a really interesting idea to be able to make money from playing games. And that would be awesome. Like, you know, you don't have to go to your job. You can just play your favorite game. Um, yeah. So that's that's the play to earn. Um, what was the second one that you said? Play and earn. So I've heard a lot of gaming companies, they they're say we're not play to earn. We're play and earn. Have you heard of that? I've not heard that one, but I feel like you're right. Like there has been a lot of kind of the same things. Like I think they're all more or less play to earn. Um, there's even been like, what's it, what's it, what is it like the run and earn or like almost like yeah. the workout kind of ones where um, it's like you're stepping. Yeah, step in, step and earn, or whatever their slogan was. But it's it's more or less the same kind of thing of play to earn. So the way um, I've had it explained to me is kind of like play to earn is exactly what you said. Play and earn is like um, you know you're playing a game, you might earn something, you might earn this rare NFT, you might um, earn some gold in the game or whatever. But like that's not the goal of the, the goal of the game is just to be a fun game, and these other things are like bonuses. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, there's that one, and then the final one you talked about is play play to own to own, and that is really just an idea that's put on top of um, freemium gaming, which you know has has been a huge part of the last like gaming wave on mobile apps and and mobile games is free games that people play. Um, this is kind of almost another version of freemium gaming, but now by just playing a free game, you now are owning some NFTs that you gain from that and you can even maybe sell those. They might not be worth a ton, but like they're, it's, it's more valuable to the user than um, just a free game. And so that's actually one of the ideas that, um, what's his name, uh, Gabriel Layden is working on with Digi Daigaku. That's another kind of crypto game that he's working on. And he's kind of the person that's kind of created this whole idea of um, play to own. And he, the, the reason I think that's interesting, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm like a fan of his uh, Digi Daigaku or his game or whatever, but he created one of the highest um, grossing mobile games called Fire Age. And so he's he's a guy that was in kind of the Web 2 world of gaming that has a ton of experience, like his whole career, building amazing games that make a lot of revenue. And he saw something in this Web 3 space and he decided to come over to here. And so now he's, he's kind of making these games in the Web 3 space that he calls play to own, which is basically just the next version of freemium games. And I think that's just another thing that shows there's, there's something interesting going on here that a builder like him that's made some of the highest grossing games on mobile for free to play is coming over here and kind of doing the same playbook, but in a more crypto way where now users get to actually own the NFTs that they earn from from playing the game. Obsidian Council is my private Patreon where I share my monthly research and joining gets you access to some pretty awesome perks, including the Obsidian Council community, which is a private discord where we work together to try to grow our wealth, improve our strategies, and just in general, get better at this whole thing. Monthly research reports that dive deep into the crypto market, current trends, and projects that I'm looking at going into the next bull run. The Airdrop Guide, a monthly guide devoted to finding the best opportunities in the space. And members recently made anywhere from $700 to $8,000 from the Arbitrum Airdrop. And on top of those things, we have monthly live meetings, yearly in-person events, and more. There's a link in the show notes if you're interested in joining. So all this sounds amazing and awesome. And I think anyone that's listening 
listening that's kind of following along and be like, yeah, I would love to own my in-game assets. That seems like a net positive. It'd be way better if I got a skin from Fortnite season one that's now worth, you know, $20,000 than just having it and I can't sell it at all. So that that is a benefit and it does open up and create this this economy in this market. What do you think right now is the biggest thing holding back adoption of the you know uh crypto game five space i think the main thing is just really having the good games to play like kind of as we talked about there's only a, a, a small handful of games that are are probably fun and actually even created like it was it was just kind of hilarious to see all these nft projects come out in the last bull run where they're like oh we're gonna create a game like we're going to that's on our roadmap yeah. <laughs> and it's it takes multiple years to build a game um you know two to three years to build a really good game these triple a games they take years to build some of their huge games um and so i think it's it's mainly just we're so early that like there's no great games that have been built yet um but as the the space kind of matures i think you know in a year or two we'll start to see more of these great games come out that are fun they're like awesome environments 3d worlds whatever um but that i think has to happen first there has to be like really fun games that people want to play and then you know the the developers introduce nfts into them and that's kind of how they would start to to pick off so i think really you just have to have a game really it takes one game kind of like fortnite one game that like people love they love to play it and it happens to have kind of this in-game economy and that's kind of what could kind of start maybe this next um bull run of bringing a lot of gamers kind of into the crypto kind of ecosystem uh through this so essentially you're saying we're in a dry forest right now and all we need is one spark and this whole thing's on fire as soon as, <laughs> yep. uh, as, soon as gaming <laughs> companies are, yeah players are like geez you know flocking i mean look at axie infinity they at one point it was looking like their numbers were about to like not surpass Fortnite, but they were getting kind of pretty dang close to the, the like active users of Fortnite, which was ridiculous considering the game was the absolute worst. And despite that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it had a lot of players playing it. And so that's, um, yeah, when you have a game like that, like, you know, and it's, it, it attracts a lot of people, um, just like Fortnite kind of created the free to play model, you're going to see, um, or, you know, like kicked it off. Like I remember after Fortnite, suddenly every game was launching free to play. You had Apex, you had, you know, all these other ones. Um, and, and, uh, Battle Royale, like skyrocketed and everyone's making Battle Royale, but with, uh, Wizards and Battle Royale with this. Um, th- same thing with crypto. Like you're going to have a lot of people essentially like, forking the idea and creating all these different variants trying to chase after those same kind of gains um yeah i mean yeah i guess i guess that's what we're waiting on uh what do you think so so thinking of a crypto game there's there's other aspects that you can have on chain besides just nfts right um you can have like like some people try to build fully on-chain games meaning like the entire game is on the blockchain and then there's other people that try to maybe add not just assets but like the logic of the game like the rules like if you're playing Fortnite and you know season to season there might be balance changes so imagine having those the the actual balance um uh kind of rule sets on, on the blockchain where it could be voted on like hey we want to nerf this weapon or hey we want to nerf this ability or or actually we want to uh you know add this ability or whatever what, what do you see is like what do you think is the right balance between there what do you think the future is going to hold with that are we going to see stuff like that or is it going to just be yeah just assets 
So I think that it's it really depends on the game. I think a lot of games will kind of have like a hybrid approach where a lot of their parts of the game are off-chain, um, maybe parts that don't matter. I think the parts where maybe it matters to be on-chain is like economics kind of stuff, you know, tokenomics, things that have value like the NFTs, those should be on-chain. Um, and I think there will be a class of games, and this is kind of like the game that we built um, it, that was on-chain where if it's it's more of like a uh, in some ways a money game or more like a crypto first game, then it kind of makes sense for it to be on chain because a lot of the economics of how it works are on chain. People want to be able to trust that and see it publicly, and that's where the value of having your you know your code on chain is. Um, so I think there definitely be games like that, and and some of those games may look more like casinos, I guess, kind of where there's 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 money that can be made and stuff like that. As far as crypto gaming goes like in your mind when you envision I, I guess you kind of already said it like when the when the game comes out but like if you were to give a timeline to it like if you were to guess if you had to guess when would you say crypto gaming takes off like is it the next year two years we've had some development time five years ten years well so if i'm if i'm saying that it's the next wave i think that like i i think the next wave of crypto will probably be in the next year to two years um and so I think it would it would have to come somewhere in that time for it to be the next wave. And that actually kind of comes to a question I wanted to ask you because kind of this whole thesis of that is that you know gaming is going to be the next wave in crypto. I'm curious what you think. Like, do you think gaming could be the next wave, or do you think something else in crypto will be the next wave? So I have been so bullish on GameFi, but I have gotten burned so hard every single time. I still do. Yeah, I, I do. I think I, it's just early. Um, but it's like, I, I, I'm with you that like, we need better games. We need, um, better systems. But to me, it's like, um, people, a lot of these finance products like are in, they like create staking in these other incentives, which are kind of almost like gamified, uh, concepts to keep, uh, the economic models running. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so the more I expand out and the more I'm like, Hey, like you could gamify this, you could gamify that you could gamify, you know, whatever, the more these digital economies start sh taking shape where it's like, <clears throat> it, I, I'm with you where I agree that, um, digital economies on in a game make sense. Like where, like I would much rather own a house or a plot of land in a physical environment that all my friends, you know, and I can meet up in that like has utility and that I can show it off to my friends. I, I mean, I've played Minecraft and like, it's cool when you build something and you can show your friends, like it's actually weirdly really fun. And so in that same kind of mindset, um, I, yeah, for sure. I think people will eat that up all day long. They'll be so excited. But uh, if you could go mine diamonds in Minecraft and like those diamonds were valuable, people would spend more time playing Minecraft. They would invest more of their life in it and they would spend more money on it and they would get more of their friends into it. So yeah, I think I'm with you. It's, it's a, it's a giant dry, super dry forest. That's like, it hasn't rained in three years. And we're literally just waiting for that one spark. I don't even think the first game that takes off will be that great. I think it'll be like a, you know, better than Axie, not as cool as Skyrim or anything. Uh, but, it, and I think that'll be kind of the point. People will see this and be like, this isn't like, it's a fun game, but it's not that fun. It's kind of like NFTs. You're like, NFTs are cool, but they're not that cool. But, <laughs> but, but they did, they, people, you know, kind of caught the idea from that. And I, I think it'll be like that with the, the first game. And, um, you know, if, if uh, Alluvium makes a billion, you know, raises a billion dollars or whatever, has a billion dollars, 
I think Axie too. I think they had a billion dollar war chest at one point from that game. Like how how could you be in an indie indie studio and ignore it at this point? And I think some are because they're thinking like, oh, you know, the the market's moving on. But when the next wave happens, I think it'll it'll reignite right away, and that'll be when indie studios are like, okay, I'm really long on this concept, and I really want to explore it. And I think I. Um, you said some of the biggest things holding it back are like wallets, uh, seed phrases, things like that. The other day, I, I signed into a crypto platform. I didn't connect my wallet uh, because it wasn't working for the same reason yours wasn't working. We were talking earlier. Um, it, but I could put my email in instead. And then it just sent me a link. I clicked the link in my email and I had an account and it had a wallet. I I didn't have to have a MetaMask or anything. And I was like, wow, this is like inherently better than MetaMask in that like, I have a lot of friends that have MetaMask. They have it on their phone. They don't back up their seed phrase and they don't know if they lose their phone. They don't like realize if they lose their phone, they lose everything. Um, So it'd be much better to be tied to your email. Ideally, it's a hardware wallet, but like email is a massive upgrade. And so I think things like that, account abstraction, um, those are going to allow this, the exact thing you said, people to play a video game. They won't even know they have NFTs. They won't even know it's crypto, but all that's going to be powering it. And it's going to be like, they're going to be stoked like wow like i just they will buy every single skin they think is rare because they're going to think they're going to be able to resell it to somebody else for more in the future and they probably will be able to if that game ends up taking off so it it opens up all kinds of new gaming and uh yeah i'm super bullish on game fight the same as you i i think that is like just like DeFi and nfts really, really nfts is the best example nfts opened up crypto investing to the average person who like i don't care about bitcoin or ethereum or DeFi, <laughs> yeah. but they're, but they're like oh all this- these artists came in <laughs> yeah this picture of a monkey i will spend money on that and so for for whatever reason and and gaming is like that times a million in my mind i i just nice. can't imagine how it could be so, that's good okay so if there was an up-and-coming indie studio listening right now and you, you, you've convinced them we, we've been talking they're convinced they're like this is the future i believe wholeheartedly in GameFi. Uh, what would be your personal approach? Like, uh, how would you approach getting started in the space? Like, minimum vi- think minimum viable product. Like, you're developing, um, you know, some people are doing fully on chain, like we mentioned earlier, some people limited. Would, would you just start by, by doing, hey, like, I just want, I'm going to make the assets NFTs. That's it. That's all I would do to start with. What, what would you do personally if, if that was you? Yeah, if, I, if that was me, I would really first, like, focus on trying to make a game that I think is fun. And so really like just, you know, start out with your own assumption of what ideas, things you want to do as a, as a developer, what things do you want to create, make a fun game. Um, and then, you know, try to find a community that's like liking that. And, and I'm really a big advocate of building in public kind of ideas where it's like, you kind of just put your work out there, see what people think, get feedback. And that's how you learn and you kind of iterate on that. And so that's how I would kind of start with this is just like, get 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 some community involved in what you're doing start to build get feedback and start to build out a good game and then you know maybe along the way somewhere i I don't think this should be the first thing like it was for a lot of nft projects which is just drop some nft (laughs) um um, and just like have everyone try to buy in before you even build a single thing i would say go like build something and show that you can build some good stuff first and and show like the vision of what you're building and you know so maybe like six months later after you actually have something that people can play and show like maybe some kind of prototype that's the time where maybe you just do a, a very small drop of some nfts where you can allow that community that's been taking place been giving you feedback 
to buy in a little bit into your game. Um, they're kind of helping to further your developments, um, but also now they have skin in the game, so now you can kind of take that um, and benefit from that too, where now this community kind of wants to hopefully even more so come around you and help make this game work um, and kind of just go from there uh, and just keep building and, and hopefully, you know, make a good game. Um, so that that's at least how I would I would start. Technology-wise, though, incorporating in the game, what would you what would be your choices? Like, um, what like say they're like, hey, we just want to dip our toes in. Uh, what would you be the saying? Okay, the first thing you or the thing you want to include to to really take advantage of the value that uh, NFTs would bring to games would be what in your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say basically just like learning about NFTs. Like, I think NFTs will be kind of the main connection point to games. Just like understanding how NFTs work. You know, to do that, you're going to have to understand a bit about smart contracts, solidity, how those work. Um, the cool thing about NFTs is all the code is, you know, open source more or less. So you can go and find some other projects, some other NFT projects and kind of look at the code, see what they've done and, and learn from it. Um, and that's definitely a good place to start is go see what other bigger projects that have had some success did and kind of learn from that. Um, and kind of learn the technologies that way. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, you're going to need to launch some kind of NFT on a blockchain. And so you can kind of look at the different blockchains, look at the different options of like how much gas um, it costs to move, uh, make transactions on that chain. And that could have some some effects to like what, what chain you choose to build your game on top of. Um, so there are some different questions like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely the, the best way to learn is just like go and, and start um, learning from what some other projects have done, look at the code, look at solidity, kind of learn some of those things. So your focus would be primarily then, um, you like at a base level, you're just incorporating NFTs in the game like we've talked about with assets. And then yeah. like, you, yeah. like maybe you don't even think about at, from the get go, like on-chain logics or anything like that just nft assets yeah figure out which blockchain you want to deploy that on the game itself would be centralized but it's just the ownership is what's built onto the blockchain so you're only really having to interact with that and i think there's gasless like immutable x and different things like that where you can um you don't have to worry about that and immutable x they have like a they have like some sort of wallet sign-in thing that i think they're building in it's like on it incorporates into steam or something i don't do you see anything hmm. about that? Okay, I didn't hear about that, no. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it, and I, I haven't looked into it, but I remember being like, that looks really interesting. And I've seen a couple of people doing that where they're like building these new UIs and ways to interface. Like I said, that e email sign-on and things like that. This next wave, I think, is going to be pretty nuts with crypto because it's going to be way easier to do all this stuff that's like technically normally really difficult will be like, you know, anyone that knows how to sign into an email will be able to do. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Last question. If somebody, like an average person, like maybe they're a gamer, maybe they're an investor or whatever, if they wanted to try to start learning about the space or um, try out some games, where would you recommend to get started? Is there like certain games you like, go try to play these games to learn about it? Or would you say, go to this place if you, you know, this resource to learn about the space? Yeah, so I guess I can only really say what I know because I've been really involved in this ecosystem is TreasureDAO. And I feel like why it's it's a good place for a beginner though too is because it's, it's kind of safe. Like they've kind of created this like walled garden of 
Treasure DAO games where they, they kind of put their stamp of approval on certain different games where it's like this is like backed by the Treasure DAO ecosystem. Um, and so it's just like safer to make sure you're not like falling into some like scammy game that who knows what it is because you'll, you'll find some of those like on uh, ETH Layer 1 and stuff like that. So I, I think Treasure DAO is a great place to start because you know that every game that's built in that ecosystem kind of has this goal of building a game where people get to own parts of the game, they get to own what they earn in the game, um, and they're trying to work together. So it's just a very like nice, friendly community there, and so I think it's a great place to start. And, and there's a couple different games. Like I said, The Beacon, I think, is a great one um, to start with in the Treasure DAO. Another one is called Battlefly. Um, that's an interesting one. So yeah, that's that's where I would go start. All right. Thank you so much for joining. And as always, people remember investing and crypto is risky. You should always do your own research. Nothing we said here today is investment advice. And as always, stay steady, lads.